Shalom Aleichem, good Shabbos, it's Friday, it's, oh, I love Fridays because I get to just sit here and schmooze and let my mind wander. You know, people talk about journaling, this is like a journal for me, just auditory. Uh, let's get into it, you're going to like this TikTok chokhmah, here we come. Okay gang, so I always have these ready to go, like I always have these prepared ahead of time, I stack and, and uh, what do you call it, yeah, I stack up episodes, I block out episodes but today it's actually a friday it's actually a friday i'm doing this so it's a little more authentic like it feels more momish the way as the shtick's supposed to be anyways and i'm not editing usually i cut this up i pause a lot you're gonna get raw zev this, this doesn't happen too often but here we go the more you can let go the higher you rise and it, it might sound like common sense whatever schmaltzy yada yada but I want you to imagine someone that's got these weights tied around their ankles, right? And they're trying to fly or they're trying to go and, and they can't. But all they have to do is untie these weights. Like, However, people, oh, I got a bug on me. However, people, they, they, they identify with being in chains. They identify with being tied down. And to let go of that identity of being tied down by the weights is to really just kill their self-talk. And But the self-talk makes us act that voice in our head is the reason we do anything so people don't want to kill that voice because to kill that voice would mean we are nothing and when we're nothing we don't have anything to identify with we're dead but this is a fallacy and so freedom is to not be anything because if we are something that means we're not something else and that lack tortures us and keeps us schwitzing and arguing it just to be nothing at all to not have a form belief identity or anything tied to us is freedom because that's no different than the state we were in when before we were born when we were you don't remember before you're born you couldn't you didn't you know you didn't have uh a one sec i think i heard someone knock on the window anyways you didn't um you didn't identify as any, anything or with anything just like when you die you're not going to and that's why if while we're alive and that's peace and while we're alive if we can just observe and be the nothing we're at peace it's, it's as simple as that one sec, let me get back to my notes. Okay, what's going on here? One second. Oh, we're glitching, gang. No. One sec. Alright, gang, we're back. I got it. I finally got my thing here. So I was saying stuff um, that the person might not just identify as being one tied to chains. The person could identify with resisting and suffering, right? That's part of our identity. There is no such thing as suffering in the present moment. And you might wonder, like, Zev, what if someone's stabbing me, right? That hurts in the pre present moment. <laughs> well, and how, how could it be peaceful if someone's stabbing me right now? The answer is no, because if you were stabbed constantly since day one of your consciousness or of your first breath to your final breath, constantly in the same amount of pain, well, then you wouldn't know any different. You actually wouldn't be in pain because that would be baseline. There'd be zero contrast to that pain. You would have accepted it immediately. I, the key words there is you would have accepted it immediately. Acceptance is key, folks. That is peace when you can accept. Eckhart Tolle says if you do not change, leave, or accept a situation, all else is madness. This is no different than the present moment that uh, has no contrast, right? The present moment has zero contrast. If I slip and fall right now, I, I slipped and fell. I slipped and fell. And, and I 
it wasn't a bad thing because if it was bad, that means now I'm thinking about future consequence that doesn't exist yet or past failure that hasn't, that doesn't exist anymore. Only now exists. So to create connotation is the opposite of peace because you're not accepting now. You're resisting this moment. You're resisting when you start thinking about future and past. Uh, okay, let's move on. The, by the way, the in-between there, peace is nothingness. It's between good and bad. Peace is not good, not bad. It's just nothing. It just is. That's what peace is. People may not always tell you how they feel, but they'll always show you how they feel. Pay attention to that. Facts. I, I know for a fact you just thought of someone. I know you just thought of a scenario. Yeah. Be aware of that. That, that speaks a lot how people behave around you. Reminds me of a saying, people don't remember what you say, people remember how you made them feel. We're born into this world either a seeker or an avoider. Being an avoider is pure bliss. To be a seeker, on the other hand, brings nothing but pain. You open every door, step into the darkest voids, driven by the urge to gain more knowledge. And that is so true. Um, don't, being an avoider is pure bliss. You don't even know what you don't know. However, you're fragile. You're very fragile to your unconscious behavior. Uh, on the other hand, when, when you're a seeker, you are looking for shadows. Uh, you know Carl Jung, the shadow? That's like your blind spot. You're, you're, when you're a seeker, you're literally looking for things to disrupt your identity. A seeker is... is the, the opposite of fragile. They, they've shedded their identity and ego. And that is painful. And it's always the urge to gain knowledge. And why do we gain knowledge? What's the, why the urge? I think it's to feel we're in control. I don't know. What do you think? There's no such thing as motion. Only faster than and slower than. There's no motion that exists by itself. Think about that. Again, again, contrast. One of the laws of the universe is just contrasting. I'm telling you. So to bounce off that idea, <coughs> if you're in an ambulance, the pitch that it makes, the sound waves, right? It's the same the whole ride when you're inside. For somebody standing on the sidewalk, the pitch changes. It sounds different as it moves farther away. This is the perfect analogy in regards to projection, how people grow up with a certain thing. They grow up inside an ambulance, for example, but you can extrapolate that metaphor to like people grow up believing that being lazy is a horrible thing. So that's the same as I'm growing up inside the ambulance and they tell the world that the pitch sounds like XYZ. They're telling the world laziness is bad because they, that all they've been is inside the ambulance. They're trying to tell everyone, no, this is the pitch of the ambulance for the person on the sidewalk that learned the opposite. You know, laziness is okay. You need to take care of yourself. It's like them hearing the siren moving and saying, no, actually that siren's pitch changes. And then the person inside the ambulance says, no, the siren doesn't change pitch. Because I've experienced it. You don't know what you're talking about because I was inside it. You weren't inside it. You don't know what you're talking about. And the other person would say, no, but you're not looking at the big picture. So that, I hope that makes sense. Anyways, we can keep going on about this. The, the never-ending conflict is a result of that because they can't get outside their own experience and outside their own head. I hope you do the same thing and you, you think broadly and you zoom out. I really hope. So an interesting point regarding the speed of light, uh, this fellow says, if you travel away from earth, nearly the speed of light, and you're now trillions of miles away and you look back through the telescope, 
you'd see only a few seconds went by on Earth, but it took you so long, it felt like forever to travel all the way there. You wouldn't necessarily age quicker. I don't think it would just be that your thoughts slow and everything would slow, but again, no one can prove that, so it's a really deep theory about would you age and like, you know, time one, yeah. Anyway, if you're into astronomy, uh, no, not astral, yeah, astronomy. If you're into astronomy, you'd find that really cool that if you were trillions of miles away, you know, you'd see a few seconds back, you'd be time traveling, but it's weird because you technically would age because it felt like forever to get there, but everyone else would just be a few seconds. It's weird. It's really weird. Whenever I answer a low point and I just want to stop, I just remember that this is when most people will stop. And that's exactly why most people don't succeed or win. Don't do what everyone does. Like if you don't want to be average, if you want to be above average or below average, you do, you don't do what everyone does. If you want to be average, do whatever everyone's doing. Simple. It's simple. It's a really simple formula. And then people, they get discouraged because they think, you know, it's got to be like, it's got to be the biggest change ever. You got to radically go cold turkey and change your life. No, no, no. point one above the average or point one below the average is enough to make you below or above average like it doesn't take a lot of effort to be above average and i just really i want you to understand that there's five steps to toxic dependency and this is by author robert lupton this is really interesting appreciation anticipation expectation entitlement and dependency we'll go one by one here so one sec so appreciation, I'm getting messages. Appreciation is the first one. What do you mean appreciation? Well, the person's going to appreciate what you did for them. So if I gave you a cookie the first time, you're going to be really appreciative of that cookie. Now, the second time I'm handing the cookie, they're going to anticipate it. They're going to see the cookie coming. They're going to see you smiling. They're going to see you greet them. They're going to be like, hey, man, uh, I got a cookie. And they're going to anticipate that you're going to give it to them. And you do. And they're like, oh, that's so awesome. You know, I anticipated this. It's a special surprise. Now, the third time, they expect you to repeat that thing in that circumstance. So third time, they, you know, they expect on that Friday you're going to bring the cookie. Or if they hear the cookie or see it, they're, they're now expecting it. Okay. The fourth time you do this, they'll actually feel entitled. So they see the cookie. That's now their cookie. If you, if you, it's a Friday and you come by with the cookie and you give it now to someone else, they're going to be like, oh, but that's, that was supposed to be mine. And then the fifth and final time you do this to somebody, this is where they're fully dependent. So now they need you to give them that cookie to feel an emotion. Uh, Otherwise they'll actually withdraw and adult baby behavior will kick in. They'll start to make loud noise, they will ridicule, or they will physically hurt, or verbally hurt. They will do anything to make you feel down because you are a direct threat to their fear and insecurity. So if that was a mouthful, I'll first break it down into the adult baby. First, they are going to hurt you physically or verbally because they need to eliminate you as a threat eliminating we might think of like killing like animals but it could be enough to make you stop talking to them or it could be enough to make you inferior to them inferior so they feel in control and power because when we now this comes to part two revenge which i talked about this on a previous episode when we were hunter gatherers and we felt fear and insecure to our life because really fear and insecurity always just stemmed from survival when things are basic 
And so if an animal or a person threatened our life and made us fearful or insecure of that well-being, we would either kill them or make them leave the tribe or or make the animal leave. And you do that by making them feel inferior or eliminating them in general. And that's why we get rewarded for revenge. Okay, and this is why you need to teach your brain that we are no longer in survival mode. You don't need to seek revenge because you know you're going to be alive. You don't have to protect. And that's the ego kicking in and making you egotistical, thinking you need to be alive. Like, anyways, so that's why that dependency, it ends up turning into withdrawal where the person now feels, you know, that they're losing a resource that kept them alive yesterday. Again, this is a deeper concept is when you make them dependent, when they get the cookie five weeks in a row, now past identity, past ego got the cookie and past ego was alive when the meat suit identity got the cookie. It was, you were alive when you got that cookie. So if you don't get it anymore, that's a threat to your livelihood. And your self-talk is going to say, we need that because I was alive when you got that cookie and your brain said it was good because you got dopamine and you felt part of a tribe and you felt the connection, etc. All the things that kept us alive. And that withdrawal is crucial because then next follows the adult baby behavior. So then I made a comment here. I said, I fear being dependent because that equals fragility and nothing is forever. Yeah, I do fear. That's true. I fear dependency. And, and sometimes I get hyper independent. I think because of that, I fear being fragile because I've seen it in caregivers. I've seen it in my personal life. Um, I've also just been taught that you don't become successful when you're fragile. And to me, that, uh, that and see, it's deep. For me, it's very, there's layers to this because then my fragility would represent not reaching financial independence and these big goals of mine that I have told myself I will be feeling better than I do now when I reach those goals. And I, I need to re-circuit my brain. Like right now, I'm literally connecting new neurons as I say, no, Zeb, unlearn. Unlearn because I am at peace already. I am already where I need to be. I don't need all that stupid financial independence stuff. That's my ego clinging, clinging hard to, to something, um, putting me in lack uh, because I identify with this person that's been less than like Zev, the less than Zev growing up middle class, you know, struggling with a lot of things that my ego was alive, really alive when I was clinging to that person and it doesn't want that old Zev to die. And so it fills me with things like when I said there, I fear being dependent because it equals fragility, you know, and, and right there shows like I still, that ego still in there, just, just twisting the knife, making me feel I need to schwitz and become wealthy and that's when I'm going to feel good is when I'm wealthy but no I can observe the Zev on this path I can observe Zev on this journey and that's all I need that is all I need to be at peace and it's really freeing actually like I can't explain how like there's nothing more freeing than that peace 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 that's all you can do so and because nothing is forever never gamble on something being forever that I can't tell you guys that enough don't gamble on something being forever because we're borrowing everything, not just physically, our body, our car, our clothing, all those will go to people or the earth when we're done, but also our ideas. Our ideas are not ours forever. When we aren't in a linear space and verbalizing concepts, we 
those we're going to pass these attributes and characteristics on to people kindness compassion etc those get given to people we're borrowing those as well and someone gave us kindness compassion and taught us about it and that's the only reason we could be kind and compassionate is because someone taught it to us and we're going to pass that on we're borrowing everything so never plan for something to stay and just be at peace accept it accept accept and be grateful for what you have now because it's not forever nothing is forever except for nothingness and it's a paradox because when I articulate nothingness, that is a finite thing because I put it in words. I've used energy to express it. But in reality, the opposite to everything I'm saying and all the energy I'm creating, the opposite of that is nothingness. And that's the piece that you need. I'm going to buzz through the rest here and then call it because I got to go. Uh, there's this something called the paradox of tolerance. And again, you have to re-listen this. I'm going to fly through this. So paradox tolerance is everyone says you need to be tolerant in society today. Like you need to tolerate every minority group, which is awesome. I agree with that. But then we are intolerant of people who are not tolerant. So it's a paradox of tolerance because the people who are super tolerant are actually not tolerant of a lot of people. Moving on. Clarity comes from experience, not thought. Your clarity will come from your experiences, not your thoughts. So go do, plan and do, do, do not think, 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 think that will just give you anxiety and stress you out and make you depressed. Plan and act. Clarity comes from your experiences, not thoughts. Moving on. You don't realize things when you're sitting on the couch guessing. You don't realize stuff in life when you're just guessing on the couch. Could I do this? Would I have been good at that? Should I do this? Would I have been good at that? Not shoulda, coulda, woulda. You don't. You don't realize anything when you're guessing on the couch, folks. Go and actually do and trial and error and test. That is the only way. So really lean into sucking and failing and everything. Like, don't let anyone judge you for failing because they're actually projecting their fear of failure when they judge you for messing up. Fun fact. So don't guess and go and do. People who died last night had plans today. Let that sink in. Speak well. People listen and follow and help you when you articulate your thoughts well. So practice speaking well. It's a skill. Speaking is a skill. And you can practice that. Practice little nuances. When to increase your tone. When to decrease your tone and inflection. Because people know a sentence is ending when you slow down and drop your tone. See what I just did there? That's the end of a sentence. Versus if I just keep rambling with a high-pitched voice and, and I never let the sentence end and you don't know if the sentence is going to end. Like, that's not... People aren't going to listen. They're going to be confused and like, what the fuck's going on? Articulate your thoughts well, people. And people will listen. You need to capture their attention create a story anyways and it's something that i I'm thankfully i get to work on all the time because of my industry and holy shit i gotta go okay i'm super late that was it thanks for listening everyone shalom alaikum good shabbos thanks for listening take care bye